Hello, it's Austin Peterson, and welcome to the Freedom Report podcast. If you're hearing this, then you're likely a legacy subscriber to the Freedom Report, which is a podcast I produced from 2013 to 2018. I've since started a new podcast, which I think you'll love, called the Wake Up America Show, and you can subscribe to it here on the podcast network you're listening to, and I highly suggest you do so. Because of the number of subscribers to the Freedom Report being so significant, I've decided to upload short clips of the Wake Up America Show here for your enjoyment and hopefully to encourage you to follow my new show. Thanks for supporting me over the last decade and my attempts to spread the message of economic freedom and personal liberty. And I hope you enjoy the clips from my new Wake Up America show. Talk to us about uh, Stephen Crowder. He is going, he is being divorced by his wife, but he's pushing for 100% custody. Can you give me the break and give our audience the breakdown of what's happening? So I don't, I don't really fully understand why he's requesting 100% custody, but you know, this kind of popped up and and some of the things that were said about it that you sent me were uh, women. It was a response to women who were questioning, uh, saying that uh, people should be jailed, like mothers, women should be jailed if they don't allow father's custody or visitation, you know, with their children. And so there's this ongoing debate about, um, you know, if fathers get equal custody in divorce cases. And so usually the premise is that no, men typically are not awarded equal custody in divorce cases and preference is given to the mother. Um, but in this case, it's a little different. Uh, Steven Crowder is going for 100% custody. And it's, it is a little unusual given all of the drama that has come out about that and that ring camera video where it looks like he's being pretty abusive to his wife verbally. Um, we don't know all the facts. I mean, when I look at stuff like this, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, we're talking about somebody's divorce in public and, you know, like, why should we, we should not be doing that. <laughs> but at the same time, Stephen Crowder is a public figure. He is the one who made his divorce very public. Um, he is the one who called for unsealing um, the court records um, regarding the divorce. And ironically, apparently, and they're, they're hearing the other day, his attorneys were asking for it to be closed for no outside reporters or anybody to be allowed in the courtroom. And I think the judge was kind of like, well, you know, uh, <laughs> you've already made this really public and kind of pointed out the hypocrisy in that. So they were, I didn't realize, by the way, in Texas courts, you cannot in the, the courtroom, you can't record um, audio or video. So they, there was somebody in there who was taking notes. Um, so we have that information from there. But yes, he has apparently four lawyers um, and is requesting um, 100% custody. And there's really, uh, you know, I don't, I haven't seen a good reason why. I'm sure we don't know all of the details, but it does kind of bring up the conversation of equal, you know, rights in parenting. Uh, well, there's a prominent uh, YouTuber. She goes by the name Just Pearly Things on YouTube, and she's kind of uh, become a commentator in the manosphere of talking about men's rights and things. She posted a tweet yesterday that got a lot of pushback from some people. Um, Nuance Bro on Twitter says, what do you think about Crowder going for full custody of his kids when his wife is asking for 50-50 custody? He has four lawyers and she has one, but Pearl responded like this. She says, why are we rewarding women who leave marriages? Calling that leaked clip of them as abuse was a stretch. She left, not him. We should applaud for men who fight for custody. Um, your thoughts? 
Did I all say this? It, I was thinking about this this morning, last night, and all of a sudden it struck me the irony of the fact that there are women who are in the quote unquote red pill community giving advice to men. Like that seems a little upside down from what the premise is of, of the red pill community. Um, but I think it's a typical example of this performative nonsense that goes on with the TradCon accounts, especially it seems like more so in the case with women often than anybody else. And they take it too far. I mean, it's not about whether or not men deserve custody. Of course they deserve custody. Children need both parents. It's this idea that, um, you know, in the in saying that men deserve, you know, equal custody, now we need to start punishing women because they don't stay with men, even if they're not, if they're, if it's for good reasons, like that's, you know, it's, a, it it's a always a bridge reason, too though? far. Is it a good reason? I mean, it, you know, watch it, watch it. You don't, you know, I mean, it, what do you, what constitutes verbal abuse these days? Anything could be considered verbal abuse. It's like, oh, I, you know, I, you know, I said something mean to you once. That's verbal abuse. I mean, standards seem to be getting pretty damn low for abuse these days, Camelia. Maybe, but I mean, you know, the the flip side to that is, do you want to, because there's also been this conversation about, oh, maybe we need to change the divorce laws and not allow women to divorce. Well, like, should we allow women to divorce? Hell, yes. I mean, Why? for Pete's sake. <laughs> What's the point of a contract that one person can break? Well, I mean, I guess that means if you, that you should make sure your contract is uh, rock solid at the very beginning. And the unfortunate thing is, is that when we allow the state to step in and make those contracts for us, then we often don't like what we get. And that has not worked in favor of men. Uh, I'm all in favor of a contract, but the reality is, is that if you, so you should not lock yourself into a contract that you have no way out of. But it also comes down to individual rights and whether or not you are being uh, treated correctly. And uh, do you really want a spouse that is going to stay with you when they do not want to be there? And then you should weigh that for how good that is for your children and the environment that they are going to then be in with two people who do not want to be under the same roof. Okay, but yes, good point. But she's leaving him. So it makes sure. perfect sense for why he would want full custody of his kids. Why? I mean, like, is there something she's their she's their mother, you know, as much as we talk about how much children need their fathers, I mean, they also need their mothers. First and of all, so as <laughs> in the video, he clearly states that she doesn't do her wifely duties and she <laughs> despite <laughs> she doesn't do her wifely duties. She didn't get him wood pellets and and steaks for his grill. And she was going to leave him alone there, unable to drive anywhere else because it was the only car. So he couldn't visit his friends. He couldn't go visit his family. He couldn't like go, you know, play Xbox with his buddies if they invited him over. So, you know, in my mind. Now, I'm here to tell you when you put it like that, boy, that is a man's man. And who could possibly resist that? <laughs> 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 oh my god oh my god this shit is just too funny if you're just tuning into the wake up america show good morning i'm your host austin peterson we're glad to get you here 
Uh, glad to have you on the show today. Uh, the numbers of viewers uh, on both streams is really making me happy. I, I know people are like, Austin, you don't have a thousand people watching you. You're nobody. I don't care. I love that there's almost 100 people watching us live now on the regs every morning. And I get to introduce to you my good friends, people like Camelia Peterson. We've had Larry Sharp on the show today. Tony Lavasco. You don't get content like this anywhere else. There are no other shows like this. We're number one, the best morning show. So make sure you click like and subscribe so that you can come back and join us. Uh, to have fun conversations just like this. Um, Annie little, Banana, Anna Banana, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say a little Missouri note related to this is that Missouri just passed a law that is uh, requires, that basically is a 50-50 shared um, parenting custody law. And it requires judges to um, start each case with the presumption that equal or you know approximately equal you know time for each parent is in a child's best interest so before you know they really started from a much more subjective um uh, assumption in what they thought was best for the child but this requires them to start at that 50 50 and then they can look at evidence for why it should be otherwise do you think like not getting wood pellets and i hear he has a bad back do you think that things like that factor in <laughs> <laughs> um Bert Crash says Crowder wasn't the one who asked for this. You get married, you're responsible for that. They've uh, screwed me over divorce and you're taking one clip out of context, I really think. He says you're better than this, man. Why are you even talking to NG? I have no idea about another man's personal life. There are far more important things going on in the world. See, I disagree because, you know, divorce and custody, this affects all of us. This is something that if you've been married or if you are married, these are issues that really matter to people. Steven Crowder really isn't the issue here. The issue yeah. here is, it's it, the issue here, he's only a, a news hook for us to get into this discussion, which needs to be had, which is about, it, it's not about Steven Crowder's personal life, it's about all of our personal lives and what the role the government has in deciding who is a fit parent. And Camelia, you, I think you would agree that family courts have been very one-sided up until this point. Sure. And I think that that has gotten better because there have been um, there have been individuals and there have been groups who have worked very hard to bring that to public attention and to change that. And so I do think we have seen a lot of improvement in that case. And I think when we see laws that pass in Missouri like they just did, I mean, that's great progress that that should be what we go for, because if if parents cannot be adult enough to, you know, for whatever reason, to come to an agreement and you need, you know, a third party to step in, they should come looking at it with the the assumption that a child needs both parents equally and then work from there. And you're right, this is not just about Steven Crowder. And, and let me tell you, people who are interested, and I know Bert is, people who have a, a vested interest in the culture wars, because that's really what this is about. Mm. This is about the culture wars and this is about um, why we are where we are. And there's how like, this is a can of worms that we could probably go two hours about, but that is why we have the manosphere or the red pill community right now is this reaction to feminism. And unfortunately, sometimes reactions tend to go too far the other way in an overreaction, but the premise is the, is the same, is that we have uh, belittled, belittled and feminized men to the point to where our view of masculinity and manhood as a society is so skewed. There's even a very good argument to be made that this is occurring and has been occurring in the church at large for a long time too, which would, you know, 
contribute a lot to this because one of the things I this is like this has been a thing I've been on lately too, to be honest. So, you know, and I've been thinking a lot about this because when you talk about the culture wars and um it's an individual problem. I mean, we've had the moral majority years. Was that successful? Uh, no. You cannot legislate morality. And we have this now national populist movement on the right that is trying to go back to those days and use the force of government to legislate what you do in your bedroom. People are now talking again about putting um, you know, homosexuals back in the closet. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, so there are, you know, we are not, um, the solution I heard said the other day has always been the individual. And this whole thing with neoconservatism and national populism, and even how the church has done things is very collectivist. I, I, well, I sat down, I, I had a couple hours to kill because I was mowing. And that's when I usually listen to either books on tape or podcasts. So I listened to that full podcast that you sent me, Camelia, which, you know, is kind of one of those little like, hee not something I would share publicly, but now we're going to talk about it publicly. Uh, <laughs> it was the red <laughs> pill, the red pill versus uh, trad tradcons. And for those right. of you who are like, listening and you're like, what the hell are we talking about? We're talking about sort of more, you know, libertinish uh, men who have take a very dim view of marriage versus the more socially conservative Matt Walsh's of the world. And they were bagging on Matt Walsh uh, because people like Matt Walsh admit and acknowledge that men get screwed over in marriage and that it's not a good deal for men and that men typically get the short end of the stick in marriage, but you have to do it anyway because you have to populate the earth for Jesus. And they were ripping him to shreds because Matt was saying, talking out of both sides of his face about how men should have to submit and it's all about being a servant leader and it's all about how, you know, the, the only thing that the church and many other like of the pastors that they played uh, from their sermons were talking about that the only solution that traditional conservatives offer to their to the men in their flock is to be a servant leader and that they serve these matriarchal churches that put the, the needs and the wants and the feels, it's feels before reels. They said, right? The idea is, is yep. that what your feelings matter more than what is actually real. And I really like the analogy, or is it a simile or a, or a metaphor? I'm not sure. Where the pastor took the rose and he passed it around <laughs> the congregation. And he was saying, when, when the rose made it back to him, after it had been so abused and handled by everybody right. in the congregation, it was broken, it was wilted, it was destroyed. He's like, now who wants this rose? And the liberal pastor who was in there in the sermon who was listening to that was sitting next to some women who had, I don't know, can I say hoard herself out for like most of her life or whatever? She, you know, she, she had been around the block a few times. He was embarrassed because the preacher was talking about chastity and purity. And he, and he was upset because he was trying to bring this woman to God. But, you know, he didn't want the pastor to talk about purity and chastity because he wanted to try and sing, bring the soul of Jesus. So when the pastor goes, who wants this now? Who would want this rose? The, the, he's, the, the pastor was like, who was watching was like, Jesus would want this rose and all this kind of stuff. I mean, you got to admit, I mean, most of these, the Tradcon movement, like they want to have this restore, re restoration of the moral majority. But the fact is, most of them are pretty effing cucked. Well, and that's, here's the thing, because you know, this and this is not to, you know, dishonor on religion or faith or anything oh. like that. And there are there are churches who who do not do this, but at large, you know, the church has um very much 
promoted men leading and masculinity, but there's there is always this undercurrent of why do you do that? And I think their reasons why you do that are all upside down. I was talking to our friend Kathy Jo Loy the other day, and I told her, I was like, I think that part of the, one of the biggest failures in um, the church has been that people come in and they've got their problems and they've got their issues. And they basically are told that be a Christian, read your Bible, and that fixes you. And so they don't ever do the work of, you know, just of transformation within themselves and self-actualization to actually make those changes. They were, they're relying on it for someone else. And I think that that's part of the issue. One of the things that was said in that video, which by the way, I did share publicly. Oh, you did? And I was like, I know, I did. I was like, I know some of you people are going to be appalled, but I'm the only one who watched it. But, but here's the thing, but here's the thing, like one of the points in that video that I really liked was they talked about how a lot of these young pastors of these mega churches, it's such a grift, but the grift is because they, they grift because the majority of the people who are in the churches now are, are women. And so, so they have to, ha- you know, they have to preach to the butts that are in the chairs. So it, it, it sort of, the church is one of the, like the places that these men are going to get emasculated or, uh, you know, or to become feminized. And that's why so many men are seeking out the red pill community and why the traditional conservatives are so angry at the red pills and are attacking the Andrew Tates and all these other guys, even though Andrew Tates kind of disavowed the red pill or whatever. But it's because these, these, the red pill offers actual masculinity where these mega churches offer the Joel, you know, they offer Joel Osteen, right? They offer feminine approved men. And Boy, if there's one thing that I've learned as a man in my life is that it is always a waste of time time trying to seek out the approval of women. Because you'll never get it. You'll never get it. (laughs) Well, Anyone who seeks the approval of a female will never receive it. Well, no, okay, there's there's a lot of truth to that. And I think that (laughs) that's, I, I won't deny that. And I think it's because of, you know, the fact that they are, that that's where they're looking for their validity. They want to be validated by a woman and it's the wrong approach. And it's part of, and it's part of the approach that we have seen culturally and not only, you know, in our political circles, but also in, you know, our, our culture circles with church and, you know, our our institutions of society is like, we don't talk about being good for goodness sake. We talk about being good because somebody tells you to, we talk about being good so that you can be a good man to protect women. We talk about being good for your family. We talk about being a good mother for your children. Um, we talk, I mean, like there's all of these other reasons. None of that is why you should be being good, why you should be a better person. And that's part of what the point that, you know, some of this, you know, what they're saying in the red pill community is, is like, you know, they said, what's the solution to this? And one of the guys said, and I like, this is like the biggest thing. This is actually why I tweeted it, is like, um, you know, the solution is individual. It's always been individual. What does that mean, Camelia? What does well, that mean? That means that means you fix you. You focus on you first because if you are working on your own character and your um, what you need to do as a person to be a, a good person and whatever you know, whether that's different for a man and a woman a lot of times. But if you're you're focused on that then the byproduct of that is that you are going to be a good person in the lives of everybody who is in your circle. You are going to be a good husband. You're going to be a good wife because 
it's not selfish to prioritize your own self-actualization first because it's what makes you better for the people around you. And the irony is, is like, you know, a lot of people look at <clears throat> red pill community because a lot of it's what's put out there and they think, oh, well, they're telling men that they should, you know, go sleep around with women and this, that, and the other. But some of the main figures in that are people who have been married for 30 years. Yeah, that's you true. Know, they've been married for a long time. That's true. I, Stephanie and I were talking about this just the other day and we were talking about like what is able to contribute to a good marriage. I, I think I'll make absolutely no one happy when I say that I think women should largely keep their chastity, but men should probably sow their wild oats while they're young so they get it out of their system. Uh, <laughs> and it is the job of the woman to refuse. Uh, and the good women will be the ones left standing that haven't you know, been visited by most men. <laughs> nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. Austin, well, nobody liked that. Down like... All the poor women who, you know, are the are the women the men are supposed to go do that with, you know, they're just screwed. I'm they are screwed. <laughs> they are screwed. And it is and 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 at the end of the day, when they turn 35 years old, remember there is a lucrative career in the cat industry uh for uh cat products and for uh anything cat related. So so not every I don't really think there is somebody for everybody. I know some, Stephanie disagrees with me on that one, but I just think that some people are meant to be alone. I do well, and I I would agree with you there and I also don't think that there's just one person for everybody. This is like an unpopular idea. This is probably where I get a lot of the way I am, why I oh, am yeah. uh, is from my dad because my dad always grew up saying that like there's no such thing as this love at first sight, you know, one person only. Like there's you have that one person out there in the world for you. And like, that's kind of been, you know, what's the, you know, happily ever after pop culture thing that we pushed for so long. That's actually why I liked the movie, movie Frozen at first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, It was because they didn't go for the love at first sight, you know, happily ever after kind of story. It was like, you know, the love at first sight thing turned out to be like what it usually is. It fools you. Not great. <laughs> Amelia, you are going to have so much fun reading the comments over on YouTube you when the segment is over. <laughs> Uh, from everybody about this subject, but unfortunately, I gotta let you go because I've got a young man who lost the debate because of a tweet that he made in the woke politics won the day. It's gonna be an interesting segment. I hope you'll stick around and listen to it. Thanks for beaming into us all the way from Iowa. My pleasure. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you very much. What do you think of Camelia Peterson? Send us a text 573-319-1586. Don't go away. I'm not going away for very long. I'm just gonna do play a real quick little commercial break. And then I'm going to go get this kid, Matthew Adelstein. He's actually a young lefty. And he lost a debate because of a tweet that he made supporting free speech. He lost a debate because they brought up the tweet. It had nothing to do with the debate. It's going to be an interesting conversation. You don't want to miss it. So stick around. We'll be back on the Wake, Wake Up America show. Excuse me. WakeUpAmericaShow.com. 